And uh, since it's Monday, you know it's time to expect something green, something to do with the environment. So it is that time of the week where we uh, get down and dirty and hear about Trash Talk, uh, which is our weekly feature produced and presented by Marcy Trent Long. And this week, Marcy uh, speaks with Sonali Figueres from the health and wellness platform Green Queen. And this week, they're chatting about beauty and the skincare industry, as well as how sustainable, uh, how the sustainability community has grown in Hong Kong during the past decade. For a lot of us out there, beauty and makeup products are just a part of our morning ritual, and we don't really think that much about it. But Zero Waste Week, a British annual awareness campaign, reported that over 120 billion units of beauty packaging is produced globally every year, and much of that is not recyclable. So we trash talkers love to talk trash, and this packaging waste definitely is very polluting to our earth. So here to talk to us today about this issue and how we consumers can improve ourselves is Sonali Figueres, founder of Green Queen Media Platform. Welcome Thank you, Marcy. It's great to be here. I <laughs> love talking trash. <laughs> <laughs> We've been trying to have you on the show for such a long time. I'm sorry. You're busy. I'll take the blame for that. <laughs> exactly. You're busy. So t- tell us about Green Queen, why you started it. Um, so Green Queen was actually the the first um, platform all about eco and wellness in, yeah, in, yeah. in Hong Kong and Asia. I didn't know you were from Hong yeah, Kong. Yeah, I'm born and raised here. Okay. Um, one of those kids that, you know, my parents came here for work and they loved it so much they never left. Um, actually, it all started, I have the typical story of it started with health problems. So I had a lot of chronic health issues um, that were not fixable by kind of uh, allopathic medicine. And uh, I through a lot of my own research after doctors weren't helping me and I wasn't getting better. I ended up uh, making the connection between food and health. And the more I went down my road researching what was in food and how food is grown and how it, why it made me feel better if I changed my diet, the more I got into the connection between, you know, how our food is grown in our environment and then our environment and our health and our, and our planet. Right. And so it all just became, uh, you know, this is a very kind of condensed version of what happened. But eventually I started to live a very uh, different type of life focused on removing toxins from my life and focused on environmental awareness and focused on being health forward. And when I was doing that, I ended up accumulating a list of everything in Hong Kong to do that. And that's how I started. And then I thought there might be other people out there that needed that information. And so Green Queen was born. And so because you gathered that information here in Hong right. Kong, not Absolutely. in the US. No, oh, it's, no. This is a tough place to be green. It was. Mm-hmm. I think now it's pretty great. Um, personally, after because I've been watching this for almost a decade. But in the beginning, it was tough. And um, so I had these resources and I shared them online and people started coming. And a couple of years after the blog launched, I switched it into a media platform because I thought it needed kind of more formalization and I wanted to be able to have multiple channels and we started doing events. So I think we did the first kind of health and wellness farmers market back in 2013 and, you know, so many people that are now huge in the industry started off there, you know. Um, Yeah, we were really like at the beginning of this. Yeah. um, Seeing people kind of start. And and so many people have gone on to do great things. Some 
some businesses haven't worked out, but you know that was like one of Happy Cow's first events. Mana was there. Um, you know, Gregoire, who now has Bakehouse, he he made his his baked goods at our market back then. I mean, so you know everybody in this space. Great, I'll get a whole laundry list. <laughs> I know a few people. I mean, it's 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 gotten a lot bigger. You know, yeah. it, it was a very small world. Peggy, you know, David from Green Common, like all of these people who are luminaries. You know, they were. It was just a few of us back then and I think everyone kind of thought we were you know hippies and and kind of in our own planet but I mean I I feel like I saw this consciousness change happening a long time ago I mean we've been writing about zero waste for six years that's great um no one cared when we used to write about it before it was only the most dedicated readers that were into those articles and now look at where we are yeah but there's so much going on and Absolutely. then we were talking before a lot about beauty because i i feel like beauty you know makeup all these areas just they drive me crazy because I don't feel like there's a lot of options out there. We're right. talking about the ingredients as well as the Right. Packaging. So one of the issues being that there's not enough regulation. Um, that's definitely true for things like ingredients, but also packaging. Um, also, let's be honest, beauty is one of the, the areas where companies spend the most money advertising. So there's a huge incentive to, um, you know, make huge margins, let's say. And since there's no regulation, I think beauty companies have really um, benefited yeah, it's a very lucrative business model, okay. right? Because the products themselves are not very expensive, but you charge for the brand. And then makeup is something, and beauty—it's very personal. You know, you're talking about how someone feels about themselves, their appearance. So people really are attached to brands, um, and so it's very difficult now to kind of break those attachments um, when you start talking to people about, oh, but the brand that you're using, their packaging isn't low waste or the ingredients they use are kind of, you know, damaging. Also, people have trouble believing that. I mean, they've, some people have been using, let's say, a brand like Clinique since their teens. You know, maybe they started out with acne and they've been using Clinique for, you know, 20 years. And now you're telling them, actually, the ingredients are not, you know, the best and uh, the packaging isn't eco. It's a very difficult um, cycle to break. Yeah. And so let's break that down because we're talking about the regulations and it depends on where the product is from. Right. 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 So Europe and America have different. Right. So, I'll, I'll, I mean, absolutely. So, for example, in Europe, there are 300 to 600 ingredients that are actually not allowed to be put in any cosmetics that in the U.S. are allowed to be there. So, yeah, the difference in level of regulation already just for even non-organic or non-natural, let's say, is huge. So Europe is a safer bet. What about Japan and Korea? And are there regulations there? Or? There's a lot more regulations based on just like basic health and safety. But when it comes to beauty, it's still a very unregulated territory just in general. And also just we're missing a lot of, of research and data. So something that a lot of people don't think about and don't know, and I think it's actually a feminist issue, is that most research is done on men. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. White men of a certain ethnicity. Do they have a lot of wrinkles, those people? I mean, why? <laughs> right. So a lot of research into ingredients is not done on women. And who's the biggest consumer of skincare and beauty? It's women. So we're missing a lot of data. We do know, thanks to agencies like in the States, you've got the Environmental Protection Agency, and they're very strong in kind of raising awareness about certain chemicals and certain toxic ingredients. But again, the regulation isn't there yet. So, you know, 
if if something is not regulated or if consumers don't know that there's a lack in regulation, it's hard to kind of suspect anything or be aware of things if, if you don't know that you need to be aware of things, you know? And believe it or not, branding and marketing dollars work. And a lot of these big brands are, are very trusted. Yeah. Do they deserve that okay. trust? I'm not sure. Yeah. And now you have a whole new host of influencer-led beauty and skincare where it's easy for an influencer to kind of go to a co-packing or manufacturing partner and say, okay, I'm going to put my name on this brand. But how do you know really about the ingredient research, you know? Mm, that's really interesting. If, and do, do you think Hong Kongers are aware about you know, these issues and also the packaging issues? And can Hong Kongers make a difference with how they spend their money? So I think packaging is a whole other kettle of fish because, again, there's zero um, packaging regulation. You can do whatever you want if it's available on the market. And we are next to China, and there's all kinds of packaging options that are, as we've talked about, not recyclable and not compostable. And basically, they're going into landfill. Um, but there's no regulation, so why should brands change, right? So the only thing that's going to make brands change at this point is consumers changing their habits. And I think that is starting to happen. I mean, look at how many um, low-waste and zero-waste beauty brands have come up. Look at the popularity of, of something like a Lush recently or um, shampoo bars. You know, this is a term that, you know, four years ago, who's even heard of a shampoo bar? Today, it's one of the most growing product segments on the market, oh, right? And same things like natural deodorant. I mean, I remember if there was one product that I had trouble finding was a natural deodorant that worked. That is one of the real holdouts. And in the last year and a half, we have, you know, two local brands here making fantastic um, you know, toxin-free deodorants, coconut matter and zero yet 100. So you're talking about a, a huge change. I think there is an awareness growing in the fact that we need packaging-friendly products, meaning products made with packaging that can be recycled or composted, right? And we need products that don't include a whole list of toxins. Um, but I still think awareness about what ingredients to avoid and why is still quite low. Um, I think you have a diehard group of eco warriors that are that are concerned. I also think um, something that happens a lot is moms. When you become a mom, you change. Um, if you know most people, if you look at their medicine cabinet and you look at the cabinet where they keep their baby products, there is a marked difference between what quality of product and ingredient types in their baby products versus what they would use on their own skin, which is in a way sort of irrational, but. On another side, it is rational because obviously, as moms, we want to give our children the absolute best. We want them to be the safest. So I think there's a lot more awareness of why you need to buy organic for your baby and why you need to buy toxin-free for your baby. And I think that's what opens a lot of people up to, oh, wait, if I'm going to make sure I have clean products for my baby, maybe I need to make sure that I have you know toxin-free products for myself as well. And then that goes into things like home care product, cleaning products and things like that. So there is a growing awareness. Um, there's no doubt that the media spends a lot more time giving us information about what's in our beauty products and our skincare that shouldn't be in, what, what the packaging of our beauty products means for the environment. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, the media. I mean, Green Queen, right? You, Green you Queen, but I mean, even the mainstream media. We it's we've true. been writing no, about it for you know almost ten years, but I think the mainstream media is really picking up on these things. And why are they picking up? It's because they realize that those articles get clicks. Why do they get clicks? Because people want that information. So clearly. The fact that there's more headlines about this, the fact that there's more brands um, sprouting up to meet the demand, means that things are changing. Yeah. But are you asking me if they're changing fast enough? Mm, 
I'm not sure. I think there's still so much money to be made in regular beauty and skincare that is like not concerned with packaging being low waste and not really concerned with ingredients other than meeting basic regulations wherever they're they're manufactured. I think there's still, as I said, beauty and skincare is something that is very emotional. The, the relationship you have with brands, you know, a lot of times your mom suggested a brand to you. It can be something that, you know, it's 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 a pri- it's a very kind of personal, emotional kind of bond that you have with these brands. So, you know, we need some of these bigger brands to say, we're going to change. And I have to say, things are changing. There's also that initiative, you know, that came out in uh, earlier on this year, The Loop, you know, where it's it's a sort of a zero waste approach to products. And some of the biggest FMCG companies have signed on and you you can get kind of reusable bottles of your shampoo or your laundry detergent. And then the loop and the company will pick up the packaging to reuse it. Oh, right. right? right the big, right. big, yeah. big effort that is like being pilot tested right now in France and the U.S. Yeah, that's so right. that's a huge change. I mean, that shows you that there's a people demand, there's a need. It. People are asking for it. And I think the big brands, the FMCG companies, they know they have to change. Right. I think it's a ticking clock for them to run out in yeah. terms of how long they can keep going with packaging that's uneco friendly, you know. I mean, on Green Queen the other day we, we we covered this wonderful Filipino plastic activist who goes out and, and picks up trash and calls out the brands of like the single use packets, you know, of shampoo and, and skincare that they sell to more lower income citizens who can't afford the full bottle. I mean, that's been a scourge for the environment, but yeah. that happens a lot across Asia. Yeah. Right. And so there are people calling those brands out and saying, we picked up, you know, like 5 million pieces from Unilever and Unilever has to respond. So social media has made it a lot easier for activists to kind of demand brands to pay attention to these issues right and and the great thing is is i know you're going to be reporting it on green queen for quite a while now right yes, for as much we're, longer we're going time. to keep pushing and on keep those on your, those four fronts because yeah. that's what we're here for <laughs> yeah. and you're brilliant at it really <gasps> thank so you marcy i don't we're know about so that but glad. it's a team effort now so yeah we're thank- so glad that we have you in this space in the sustainability space well, i think there's so many of us and thank god for that you know the universe <laughs> is getting the green world is getting so much bigger people like yourself drawing more attention to these issues and and as you said like more people talking about trash i mean i don't think like three four years ago this show would have had the same kind of resonance right no, i don't think it so would have been as I mean, interesting. 2018 was a watershed year for trash and and people thinking about plastic pollution and and waste and i think it can only just get better well i can only encourage trash talk listeners to please please click into green queen uh their website is chalk a block of great ideas for makeups for diy of not only the packaging side which we talk about here at trash talk but also as sonali talked about the organic and the ingredient side so yeah. thank you so much sonali thank you so much marcy thanks for having me <laughs> You can find all the Trash Talk episodes on iTunes and the RTHK On The Go app. Or follow us at Twitter at SustainableAsia and on Instagram at SustainableAsia.co for new episodes and trash tips. You can also visit Plastic Free Seas Hong Kong on their Facebook and Instagram pages for more trash tips. 
And that was Marcy Trent Long talking to Sonali Figueres from Green Queen, a health and wellness online media platform. Thank you very much indeed uh, for that wonderful feature, Marcy.